Live from Radio Row, it's the Press Box. Brought to you by the Vegas Lawyers, a division of Paul Pata Law. It's humbling because I never thought I would be in this many Super Bowl games, honestly. I mean, you, you, you strive to, to be great, um, but you understand how hard it is to even be in this game. And for us to be in uh, my fourth one and, and my six years of starting, um, it truly is remarkable. And I, I don't take it for granted because you never know if you're going to be able to be back in this game. This is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we are. Are we here yet? We're here. At I don't know if the, the music was going to stop playing. I'm, I'm, I'm off beat today. You're off beat today. Yeah. Every day you're off beat, or just today? No, just today. You got three pieces of bubble gum already over there. Two. You got, well, you got a third one waiting. You got a third one well, waiting. You got exactly. your second part of breakfast yeah. coming in this morning. Yeah. Had a muffin. Oh, wow. And some water. Wow. Look at you. I was arriving here today, and young Daniel passed me in the hallway, and there was a line at Starbucks of 20-something people. I, I passed them like I could never stand in that line. It was just never a map for me. He was headed straight towards it. Yeah, I was. Didn't care. I was coming from Credential Pickup, and he's like, where are you going? We got to go down to security. I was like, no. Nah. If I'm going to be here for another eight hours, that's where I need to stop first. <sighs> Danny's, got, only, Danny's only here for like the first few minutes of the show, and then we're kicking him out. I got my 30-ounce coffee. I'm ready to go for the first four hours, and then that's I get a Venti, a Red Bull. huh? No, that's a Trenta. Venti's 20 ounces. That's 30. There's something called a Trenta? Yep. I didn't know. I thought it was um, Grande, Venti. What's the first one? Tall. 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 Yeah. Now you got a Trenta? Yep. Wow. Boy, that's a lot of coffee. <laughs> I, I need it. All right, here we go. The first bite. Is Patrick Mahomes a villain? Do people hate Patrick Mahomes? Raider fans? Okay, outside I mean, of the AFC fans? West. Outside of the AFC West. I don't know a lot of people who do. So Mahomes was asked about sort of embracing the role of villain this week, and he said, not necessarily. I think I just like winning. If you win a lot and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. We as a sports uh, media fan collective, however you want to view that, we, we hate everybody, right? At some point, we end up hating everybody in the sports world. Why do I feel like Mahomes doesn't get the hate despite, being, I don't, despite winning so much? I can just go based on people I know. And I don't know a lot of people who even dislike him. Yeah. They just think he's great and he's going to catch Brady and he's going to be known as the GOAT one day and he's already a Hall of Famer and all the good things that people say about guys. I don't. I mean, take away Raider fans and AFC West fans. I don't know a lot of people who hate the guy. To be honest, do Raider fans even hate Mahomes? Or is it more like, Jesus, that guy's really good and we've got to play him twice a year? Like, um, I, I feel like... like I, don't I know. mean, I think what you said in the latter is what players and coaches would say. That's true. That's like Max Crosby, who's Max like, Crosby I want to beat him. I hate that he's in our division. But he's he's great. this good, but I don't hate him. Right, exactly, because he knows how good he is. So when do we turn on Mahomes, then, as a, as a group? When does like Mahomes actually start getting hate? I don't think he does. I mean, he's going to. Everybody does. Everybody I, gets hated on eventually. Like, I... In the, in the Brady argument, when he was, kept winning and winning and winning, I was hating him. And then once he won his fifth one, I was like, all right, I'm on board. It took till five for you to be like, oh. Let's see how many this guy can really get. I'm on board. And I'm kind of in that same boat with Patrick because he has started so well so fast. I'm like, all right, let's see if he can catch Brady. Yeah. I didn't, uh, even you know, being a Cowboy fan and they weren't winning for a long time, like I never hated Brady. I always thought it was – I always thought 
like Danny thought, like I'd love to see how many this guy can win. Like it's amazing. He's an amazing player, and you're seeing greatness, and you know, you know, you're being able to see it firsthand. Um, so I, I don't know when people start hating this guy, other than people who already do. Yeah. The thing is, though, there's going to be some sort of irrational hate at some point, where it's not, it's not going to be something that like makes a whole lot of sense. There's just going to be some sort of irrational hate, where it's like, ah, oh, I can't, I can't stand his voice. I can't stand the way he waddles down the field and nobody can tackle him. Like, like Taylor Swift right now. Why are people upset about Taylor Swift being shown so much? There's no rational reason behind no. it. They're just annoyed for, I don't know, they're projecting. There's more hate for Taylor Swift than there has been for the damn Chiefs for five years, yeah. six years now. Yeah. But, which, by the way, is Andy Reid the most likable coach in the NFL? He I is really so. likable. I'm trying to think of other people who people love as coaches. Usually those are the people we rip more. Yeah. I mean, I rip coaches more than I'd rip a guy like Pat Mahomes. Like Belichick, obviously he got ripped a lot recently because their teams weren't very good, but Belichick got ripped a lot. Yeah. Uh, does Andy Reid get hated for anything? No, I think people think he's kind of this jolly, nice fellow. Yeah. I mean, he gives bef- out mac and cheese recipes. <laughs> before, yeah. He gives out food, food uh, suggestions. Before Mahomes, there was, like, criticism of his timeout management and he couldn't win the big one and all that stuff. But now that he's winning, it's like, yeah, everybody loves this guy. Yeah. So they're, they're, like, the most likable dynasty I think I've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't, I mean, I don't have hatred towards Kelsey, Mahomes. Nobody, nobody hates Trevor. We talked about this a little bit Reed. yesterday. Nobody hates Kelsey. Oh. They're all got anger towards Taylor Swift, but everybody loves yeah. Travis Kelsey. It's like, I don't know, take the Warriors, for example. That was like a homegrown Steph Curry's, this little guy just bombing threes and all that. And after, like, what, two? They get Kevin Durant, and everybody's like, the worst thing I've ever seen in the history of the sport. They ruined it. I hate all of them. Now, Draymond Green's deserved a lot of the hate that he's gotten. But the rest of that's like, what would we turn on the Warriors? I know for? some Warrior fans better? I strongly disliked. <laughs> as they got better you, and you better. You disliked the fans? Yeah. I just, <laughs> as they got better and better, the arrogance of Warrior fans as they won all those titles. See, that's a, that's a great media member right there. He doesn't dislike the team or the coaches. He dislikes fans. I just like, I just like fans. <laughs> I, fans. Well, I don't like people to begin with. Hey, I'm right so, I, mean, I don't like people, never mind fans or, or players. People uh, bug me. But, no, Warrior fans – the ones I knew, and, I, and these were people who flew up to games and had season tickets, and, I mean, they were really into the game. They actually lived here. Most arrogant people I met because they kept winning. <laughs> it's fair. That's fair. Yeah. They, they can be arrogant. Well, they, they can be anything they want, but, it, you know, you have feelings towards them. Yeah, it's fine. Their I team mean, was awesome. Their team them. was unbelievable. Didn't like them. There's no, there's no point in being a sports fan if when your team is suddenly unbelievable, you don't get to be arrogant about it. No, this, that's fine. I just don't have to like them. You can be as arrogant as you want. I don't have to like you. I don't like arrogant fans. Um, there is more hate for the 49ers than there is for the Chiefs. Not if you were at opening night the other night. Really? Oh, that was a San Francisco pro crowd the other night. I mean, the, when the Chiefs came on the uh, on the dais there to uh, before they went out for their media availabilities, they were getting booed, and then... And then at the end, they brought all the captains up to, you know, Kelsey and uh, Kittle, um, Purdy and Mahomes, and they kind of had all different interviews with the different positions. And when those Chiefs went up on the board, it was booze. And when those Niners went up on was the board, was that just it was Raiders crazy. fans that were here? Well, that that's another thing. It could it could have been the Raider fans. I was thinking about that um, because you know a lot of locals probably went at thirty bucks a pop. Yeah, um, they probably went to that. Wasn't to that see. event free in the past? 
long time ago. Okay. It's once they went to primetime, I think they started charging. I think ah, once they went to primetime and they brought in money inside, off of they're going to make some money off this. Yeah, yeah. Come on, NFL. Calm down over here. The well, damn fan experience is 50 bucks. Is it 50? Yeah. And they pay. don't let you walk in there even if you have a credential, even though there's a sign that says credentialed entrance. <laughs> <I> <laughs> that up Apparently Danny tried to go to the fan experience <laughs> well, yesterday. I've been parking in the convention center parking garage this whole week, and yesterday they closed down that entire hallway to – the fan experience people only. So they wouldn't even let me go through the hallway to get to the garage. I had to go outside by the shark reef, <laughs> walk around the whole building. Then he had to walk to the welcome the to Las Vegas sign. To Just get, to get to your car? To get to my truck. <laughs> I was like, what, what is going on? You just made a five-minute walk, a 20-minute walk. Right. <sighs> Phenomenal work, Danny. I couldn't talk my way through the fan experience. That's too bad. That's too bad. It looked cool. There was a lot of bright lights. It looked cool. Did it yeah. look cool? There was though? a lot of purple and red, obviously. But bright lights everywhere. Fifty bucks? Yeah. <sighs> no chance. There was when I left yesterday, nonstop stream of people with foot uh, NFL jerseys on walking towards the experience. Towards the experience. I was like, this is. I didn't I fit you guys all in there? I don't know. Yeah. More people than a radio row. What are you guys doing over there? And they all had to pay 50 bucks. And there's a, a whole parking lot right outside. They made that little maze thing so that everyone goes through the metal detectors. They just took up the whole parking lot to do that. All right. Before we wrap this up, who's the most hated player in this Super Bowl? Oh, man. Is it Purdy? No. No, nah, I think people feel sorry for him. Who, who gets more hate than Purdy that's in this Super Bowl? I think it's Purdy. I mean – I don't think anybody on the Chiefs gets any hate. Well, I'll agree with you there. I don't know. And I mean, the Niners, Mahomes and Kelsey. I who would you hate? Rasheed Rice. <laughs> I mean, I haven't really, wait until he celebrates too hard after yeah. a touchdown. I haven't really heard hate towards Purdy. It's more of doubt. Can he do it? Yeah, yeah. It's that, but that's about as much hate as we're getting in the Super Bowl. Of anybody that's playing in the Super Bowl, I think Brock Purdy's gotten the most hate over the we course need, of his. We need somebody season. to be like loud and flashy. Yeah. That's what I. That's what I want. I want somebody that everybody is like. I hate this guy. But there's no one like that in this game. I know it's unfortunate. No, I can't think of many people. I mean, there's no. And look, what we were saying when we started off the show is he a villain? Pick the villain of the Super Bowl. Is I mean, is Brock Purdy a villain when you look no. at Brock Purdy? Oh, I know what the answer is going to be. Oh, it's going to be Jake Moody. Oh, he's, well, he's, he's missing a field goal, goal in like the okay. fourth quarter. That's going to be it. He's going to miss it. It's like the game's not going to go over because of it or something, or the Niners aren't going to cover Well, or there something. will be someone based on the betting that people hate. Oh, yeah, we'll, game. we'll just check in with Danny, Danny on like, Monday. Oh. Well, we'll just look at his Twitter feed yeah. the Oh, game. that's a good point. We don't even have to ask well, him. Tomorrow, I tomorrow either if I'm here at Radio Row, I'll jump on with you guys, or if I'm back at the station, I'll jump on and I'll give you all my fun bets. Yeah, yeah, we're oh, aware. Yeah. No, no, but we're just looking forward to. We know what you bet during the oh. game because you start ripping off tweets oh. about. Right, you, you, you why is Jameer Gibbs only gotten yeah. one carry Absolutely. in the second half? And it's and like, why the hell does Danny care about Jameer Gibbs? Oh, he bet on it. Absolutely, and every week so far this year, I've been working during NFL, so I have I. Don't tweet as much except for, like, the morning games because I'm off. Danny, you sent, like, 30 tweets during the Oh, I know. The that's that's a low amount. <laughs> Super Bowl, get, get some adult beverages in me. I'm firing off five a minute. I'm like, all right, this place sucked. Let's move on to the next one. All right, here's what I want. I want screen on the Super Bowl. I still want my screen that's just the camera isolated on, on Taylor, Taylor Swift. Swift. 
and just Danny's Twitter feed. Those are the oh, three things. You want a live feed? Those are the three things I want to be. I'll just a set Super up Bowl. a live camera. Yeah, just I want to see Danny's stream of consciousness of what he's mad about. It'll be great. Each and bet. John Von Tobel will be there with me. He'll be yelling at the TV too. <sighs> okay, it's gonna be great. Where are you watching this game? Uh, one of our buddies is throwing a Super Bowl party, and we both have the day off, so we're going to go. People want you over there with all these bets? Oh, I would want him over oh, there. We, absolutely. Yeah. The worst part is there's there's fans of both teams going to be at this party. Oh, I, I would, can't I'd want to be with Danny. There'll be some hate at that party. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. I'd be with Danny. That'd be great. Because I specifically like cheering against people that I know. So and I would speci- I wouldn't even have to bet on it myself. I would just, hey, Danny, what'd you bet on? And I'd cheer against it. And one of the guy, the guy who's actually hosting it, he's a Broncos fan. So when he sent out the invite, he's like, hey, everybody, come over and watch the 49ers game this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and one of my favorite things to do, I got a group of friends that love UFC. I don't pay, like, any attention to UFC. They like it. Anytime there's a big fight, they're like, all right, we're watching it. I'll go watch it. Don't know who the hell's fighting. I go and specifically cheer against their bets. Against their bet? Yes. Oh, they make bets on it? Yeah, they bet on it. They place parlays and all this, and I go and cheer specifically against it. Actually, the ideal scenario for me is that they win all of their parlays and then lose the last fight. That way oh, they, they think they're they, about they to win. They think they're about to win the parlay. And then they lose the last fight. Well, if they're betting five-fight five, five fight parlays, they deserve to lose. Yeah, I agree 100%. They actually seem to win more of those than I would expect <laughs> them to win, but eh, whatever. Coming up next, we're going to check in with Isaiah Pola Mao, a current member of the Las Vegas Raiders, right here on the Press Box. Yesterday, I got a chance to catch up with Isaiah Pola Mao, a current defensive back on the Las Vegas Raiders. Check out that conversation right here. We are here with Isaiah Paolo Mao of the Las Vegas Raiders. How you doing today, Isaiah? I'm doing good, sir. First time at one of these events, so this is really cool. There's a lot going on here. <laughs> there are uh, probably too many people that are yeah, here right now really today. Um, so I wanted to ask you something about your career. And if we go back to after your final season at USC, you don't get drafted. You come to the Raiders as an undrafted free agent. What was that handful of months like to you when you don't get drafted, but you are trying out to make the roster? What were those few months like for you? You know, honestly, that it was it was very stressful. You know, um, you know, a little disappointing that I didn't get drafted, but then you know, it was kind of like move on. That's that's kind of just the attitude I, I adapted over the years. You know, I got hurt back in college a couple times, so it was just got to keep moving. You know, adapt or die type of thing. So. I always keep it pushing, and then, you know, just I believed in myself, honestly. You know, I, I during that whole little time, I found my love for the game again. I, I got back to the grind. I fell in love with the grind. So just got back to it, and I was believing in myself that I had the ability to not only just play football but do it at the highest level. When you look back at it now, it was only a couple of years ago, but what do you – what do you think about that time period now? Do you think that it helped you? Was there a, a bad moment, bad couple of moments for you? What do you think about when you look back at it now? Uh, I think without that moment, uh, I don't think I would be who I am right now. You know, because I think adversity is everything for a person. I think it, it creates who you are. It brings out the best in people. So for that to happen, I, you know, it brought the dog out. Um, I do need to ask you something. Uh, this season... Halfway through the year, there's a coaching change, and a mini hoop goes up in the locker room. Who's the best basketball player on the mini hoop? Not full basketball. Who's the best on the mini hoop? You know. You can say yourself if it's yourself. <laughs> no, I, I hate to say this, but Jaden Grant. Okay. Number 40, safety, rookie. 
he, he gets he gets with it. You okay. Know, he, he's the guy that comes in, tries to do a 360 under the leg, behind the back, <laughs> dunk. Like, all right, we're playing horse. You got to do that. Like, <laughs> like, come on, man. Did you? How many sports did you play? Uh, middle school, high school, growing up. Uh, I ran track and field, and then I played basketball. Okay. Were you? How good were you at those? Uh, I went to state in the long jump. Okay. And then I stopped playing basketball. Once everybody started dunking, I was like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? I actually play football. I really don't do this. So. Okay. Okay. So you gave up the basketball a little bit like, eh, I'll stick with the football yeah, side of I this. Yeah, I gave that up pretty early. Okay. Um, the other thing, I was told by somebody, and I'm not going to sell them out, but I was told that I should ask you about NIL in college yeah. because you might have some good opinions on that. Yeah. I mean, uh, personally, I feel like it's it's – hurting the game a little bit you know I mean there's a lot of people that I feel like are entitled you know coming in as freshmen and then they just end up going to the highest bidder and it's not the best situation for them you know a lot of people don't really take into consideration the scheme that they're running the coaches that they're working with every day like so I mean for them to do that and then end up back in a transfer portal the next year for me I mean I hate to see that I mean because a lot of times people just get lost in a transfer portal and their dreams just go down the toilet do you think there's a fix to it now? Like, we've got NIL. There's a Dartmouth players just got a court ruling that they are considered um, uh, employees and that they can form a union, which did happen with Northwestern a few years ago but didn't end up happening. Like, it, it's kind of out now. Like, it's not – it seems like there's not really going to be a way to reverse it. Yeah, I, honestly, I think uh, all hell broke loose. I don't think there's, like, really going back to the way it was, maybe like a hybrid. But – it's tough to say, honestly, you know, and it's kind of sad. But I'm also glad that people are getting their money. So, I mean, maybe if in the future if there was, like, a hybrid, maybe a little more restrictions to some things, like, I would like to see that. But as of right now, it's not looking good for college football. For players that are, like, specifically your age, been out of college for about two years now, yeah. are you looking like, damn, this timing kind of sucks? <laughs> no, 100%, man. I remember I was struggling, man. I had a... Uh, couple ramen noodle nights a couple man so you know, but I, I like i said man i'm glad everybody's getting their money because uh you know the schools are getting it regardless so might as well break off the players a little bit but isaiah pull them out with us uh raiders defensive back um one thing i wanted to ask you is uh i've, I've something uh, a moniker that throws around is like players coach and antonio pierce has gotten that label but from people on the outside I don't really know, like, what that means. What does that mean, like, in action to you? What does Antonio Pierce or any coaches you've had that you would say, oh, he's a player's coach? Like, wh what does that mean to a player? Uh, a player's coach, to me, is, is just someone that you can talk to, not only just about football, but you can just talk to. It, they're approachable. You know, you can go up and, you know, sit down and have lunch with them. Like, it's one of those type of guys. And, and someone that listens to their players, you know, if, if I feel like there was something wrong with the defense. I feel good enough to go talk to AP and be like, hey, coach, so-and-so, this and that, you know, whatever. But he's one of those type of guys. You know, a lot of times coaches are, aren't open to changes, aren't open to hearing anything a player has to say. You know, it's this is my scheme. This is the way we're going to do it. This is what I want. You know, so that's the opposite of what a player's coach would be. Was that part of the feeling when the coaching change was made midseason that it just became more open, I guess, for players? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, a lot of people say it, um, but, you know, it was, was kind of tough to just walk around. It was, you know, not a lot of people wanted to be in the building. You know, it, it was just like, work is done? Oh, I'm going home. Like, 
you know. I mean, of course, you still got guys that do that. You know, everybody wants yes. to go home. But, <laughs> but you do have a lot more guys that's sticking around, you know, a lot more guys with a smile on their face in the building, walking around, like, joking around, you know, having a good time, like, enjoying our job. Because at the end of the day, we play a game, and it, that's our job. But, you know, let's keep it a game. You know, let's not make it so, oh, man, I'm so stressed out about it. No, nah, this is, let's play a game, man. Um, since you've been in Vegas, what's the best place you've eaten? Best place I eat, easy. Momofuku, Cosmopolitan, ramen place, top notch. Like, they have good, they have other stuff other than ramen, but their ramen, I'll tell you right now, is delicious. How many times have you been? <laughs> uh, they know my name. <laughs> You're there quite often. Yeah, they know me. Okay, something else to ask you because. Uh, you're from Phoenix, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, you played college at USC. Now you're here in Las Vegas. Could you go somewhere that's cold weather? How would you feel about that? See, that, I think about that a lot, and I really don't want to. <laughs> so, like, here's I uh, moved here from Mississippi. And okay. in Mississippi, it doesn't get cold, but it gets colder than it does here. Yeah. Like, it, it snows on a somewhat regular basis. I moved out here, and for the first three or four years, I was like, this is, it's always hot. Like, even in the winter, I, yeah. I don't need to own a jacket. Now, I have completely adjusted, and I'm like, there's only like six cities in this country I want to live in. If I go anywhere that's war that's colder than this, it's going to be a disaster for me. That's that's what the desert does. It just, once you're adapted to it, there's no going back. Like, <laughs> you don't want to go no place cold. Like, <laughs> so I agree. I'm with you on that. All right. I got one more thing for you, Isaiah, because this has been a very big deal for Raiders fans. All right. How do you feel about the Chiefs being in the practice facility leading up to the Super Bowl? Man. I hate it just as much as the fans do. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with the fans. Like, personally, I, you know, it, it is bad blood with the Chiefs. I don't like them. Um, they don't like us. So, I mean, for them to be painting, you know, the red and the Chiefs logo everywhere, I really hate to see it, honestly. How much – okay, you've been in the NFL for two years. The, the idea of rivalries is – a bit bigger deal in, in college football generally than it yeah. is in the NFL. And, like, I went to Ole Miss. Playing Mississippi State is a big deal every year, Thanksgiving week, right? Yeah. How much, like, player-wise in the NFL do you see that same sort of rivalry passion? Like, we see it with Max Crosby. Now, granted, we see it with Max Crosby regardless of who the Raiders <laughs> are playing. But, like, we see it with Crosby and the Chiefs. It, does that still exist when you guys play the Chiefs? Like, do you think it's – does it compare at all, I guess, to when you played rivalries in college games? Oh, yeah, it, it's a thing. You know, uh, if people don't know, it's, it's definitely a thing in the locker room, in the building, uh, the facilities. You know, it's it's probably the first thing we talk about when we bring up, you know, we're, hey, we're playing the Chiefs, we're playing the Chargers, you know, the Broncos. This is a rivalry. Y'all know what we have to do. Y'all know how we feel about them. Uh, so it's the feelings are all mutual with the fans. So, I mean, just as much as the fans hate the Chiefs, the players and the coaches <laughs> hate the Chiefs. Like, yeah, like they do stuff that, that disrespects us. In the same way as you know, fans. You know, like two years ago, they did the the ring around the rosy thing. That's disrespectful to the coaches because you know they we game plan, they game plan, and they really felt like it was good enough play to you know bring out against us. Granted, they did score on it, so I can't say nothing about it. But you know, it's disrespectful at that day. So you know, we do have bad luck. How how much did that ring around the rosy get brought up this season? Because it was a full full off season before this year came back around. I'll, I'll say we remembered it. Okay. All right. Yeah, All right. Isaiah, we appreciate it. Uh, hope you have a fun time out here at Radio Row this week. Yes, Thank sir. you very much. Thank you for having me on. I All did right. Fight. 
I did find somebody that doesn't like the Chiefs. It's Isaiah Polamau and the rest of the Raiders. Well, we knew that. Raiders. Yeah, they didn't like the ring around the rosy no. thing. was not ideal. So, we're going to get them back next year. Yes. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have Kurt Warner join the show. Now, back out to Radio Row with Tyler and Ed. It's the Press Box. We are out here at the Mandalay Bay Convention Center for Radio Row. Kurt Warner is going to join us in just a minute. If you are looking for a place to watch the big game on Sunday, the biggest big game bash is back February 11th at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. It's a free event. It's also a 21 and over event. There are private man caves and tables for reservation. Go to dlvec.com for more information uh, on those man caves and the table reservations. Uh, there's going to be a massive screen, stadium sound. It's going to be a great place to watch. It's the biggest big game bash at the downtown Las Vegas Event Center. Also, Circa Squares, you don't want to get stuck with whatever bad squares you pull in your office pool or if you do it with friends and family. Circa Squares lets you pick your own numbers. You get to pick out whichever ones you want, different odds on them, and roll with your own numbers. It's Circa Squares. So Circa Squares, Biggest Big Game Bash, DLVEC.com for more information. Um, do you play squares? No. No? I don't At like, the house? I don't like Well, it. how many people are you around during Super Bowl Sunday? Uh, usually I go over to some friend's house and there's... And don't they know. don't play them? No, squares are stupid. No, they're great. Yeah, no, they're Love stupid. Love squares. Just, I, I they're, bet they're one of my great. friends for... I tried to win his house one year. I did that. Okay, but you didn't win. I didn't. I lost a dollar. I bet a dollar to win his house. You lost a dollar. Yeah. I, I was How nice is the house? There was like, I mean, it's as nice as mine, so I'd have had two houses. <laughs> yeah. It was like, uh, there was like 45 seconds left, and I was like, and the bet was, will there be two field goals in the final 45 seconds? And there were not two field goals. There okay. were zero field goals. But, you know, if there were, had been two, I would have had another house. So that would have been good. You could have crashed into that one, too. I could you have. Could, you could have driven my car straight, straight into that into house. house. You could yeah. have gone two for two. That's why I needed a new house, because I had a hole in mine, because I ran my car into it. <laughs> And couldn't see it. Here's the bathroom. Here's my car. <laughs> it's phenomenal work there. So, but no squares. Eh, I don't really like squares that much. I don't mind them. Eh, it's kind of. It's no fun. Put some money in. It's put no some fun. Well, I like the to no fun is I'm smart. I don't, I don't like uh, when they pick the numbers. I'd like the, the circuit thing now. I, the, fa- the more popular numbers are not going to give you the best odds. Yeah, you're going to get the obviously. You're yeah. Get the uh, if you want a f- if you want a three and a seven. Yeah. It's not going to be good for you. Actually, I do. I take that back. We did do squares. One year, kind of, something similar to squares. There weren't enough of us to truly do squares, but we all had numbers and what the final score was. For It was the Georgia TCU National Championship game. Oh, my goodness. And I won because of the missed extra point on the last touchdown of the game. Really? Yes. So that was phenomenal. But I like to think I'm smarter than people, so... Uh, squares is just you're just sort of randomly getting ha- assigned numbers and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, no. I like to think Putting like, oh, five yeah. bucks. I like to think like, no, I knew Isaiah Pacheco was going over 65 and a half rushing yards. So you've got your tickets out. Yeah, I still got to go do that. And tomorrow we're going to yell at Danny about whatever he's betting on. It'll be great. Look at Danny with that coffee. I know. He's, Look at this thing. He's Trenta. third of the way through it, too. That's not. He said it was going to last until what, noon? It's not going to last until it's noon. Until, it's not going to last until eight. Things going to be done in a hurry. So well, we're still waiting on Kurt Warner. Where did Kurt Warner go? I don't know. That was a long interview. Hey, on the air, where the hell is Kurt Warner? Yeah, I don't see him. He's still Kurt talking Warner over there. Kurt Warner is currently hanging out two tables over. He's doing his spot to you know promote his squares. 
His, uh, what is it? The, the bingo uh, square. Bingo, bingo blitz, big game bingo sweepstakes blitz. inspired by Kurt Warner. He's coming over in just a minute. Yeah, All right. we'll see. We'll see if he's coming over. I don't know if I believe you guys on this one. So, uh, yeah, Kurt Warner's got some squares here, but he's also got some better stuff because it's uh, we got sacks on here. This is way better. So we're going to I'm for, for bingo. I'm excited to talk to Kurt Warner because yeah, I think absolutely. Kurt Warner is one of the best in – the NFL media landscape at actually breaking down film like and he, the game. He's got quarterback confidential, yeah. which is his website. And he breaks down a right. whole bunch of stuff on there. He posted a video on YouTube this week about attacking Fred Warner, the mm-hmm. Niners linebacker. Right. And like, it's interesting because in the video he's like, yeah, this is their best player. Uh, but if I were the chiefs, this is how I would attack, attack him. him. And it's like about isolating him. So I'm, I'm excited to talk. Did to you Warner. used to listen? Did you used to listen to Kobe when he would do that? Uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah, I was pretty awesome when he would do that. I probably was a uh, more of a Kobe hater and would be like, "Hey, get out of here, Kobe!" But really, yeah, yeah it's annoying that he did that. Or you just no, no, no. Was just, I just didn't like Kobe that much. So oh. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Kobe. Man, I thought it was awesome when he'd break stuff down. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Get I out thought of here. it was awesome. Your footwork awesome. drills, whatever it is. He'd he'd break down a game or he'd break down like sequences, and he was amazing. Yeah. He was amazing breaking that stuff down. And now I just get now I just see stories from former players that are like, oh, the one time I worked out with Kobe and whatever, some weird stuff about how weird Kobe was. Oh, about his workouts. Yeah, it's like yeah. too dedicated or something. Like the last <laughs> one I saw was Gordon Hayward, and it was like Kobe showed up like forty five minutes late to the workout, and they were somehow like uh, he was like I think Kobe was testing me to see if I was really about <laughs> this because he was like because then I worked out with him the next day and he was there an hour before me already working out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, now you just hear weird stories about Kobe Bryant. Go. It's uh, it's uh, a lot of fun there. Here we go. So, joining us now is Kurt Warner. Uh, Kurt, thank you so much for thank coming you, on ESPN Appreciate Las Vegas. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you. Well, thank uh, you. Good to be here. Uh, just rolled in last night, so always fun to be at the Super Bowl. I'm interested to see what Super Bowl in Vegas is going to look like, but uh, it's going to be a fun week. All right. So, we were just talking a little bit about a uh, video you had for Quarterback Confidential about uh, attacking Fred Warner. Yes. And I watched some of it, but can you explain a little bit more just the idea behind, all right, that's their best player. Let's figure out how to attack him. Well, when I was playing, you know, you're obviously going to come across great players. And what you realize is is you try to figure out what is their greatest strength. So the first thing, okay, this is their greatest strength. Uh, How is that going to affect me? How do I have to be aware of that? And then there are certain guys that you say, okay, that's their strength. How do I use that strength against them? And so with Fred Warner, he's – unbelievably instinctive that he plays with his eyes reads the quarterback he understands you know route releases and what teams are trying to do when they release certain guys and they put him in a spot on their defense again you have to kind of watch the video to understand but they split their defense in half and usually have two underneath defenders on each side of the field so that exposes them to have to cover a lot of ground and so fred because he's so good with his instincts oftentimes can make up for that but i'm saying if i go into this game I'm going to try to exploit those instincts. I'm going to put two guys there and you know try to use my eyes to move him and then counter him with a, you know with a throwback behind him. And so, you know, sometimes you have to do that. You know, middle linebacker, he's such a huge part of what they do. You've got to get him moving and then attack accordingly. And so, um, yeah, I don't think a lot of people think about that. Usually you think, "Oh, he's their best player. Stay away from that guy." And there's times where you have to directly attack that guy and try to use those strengths against him. With their personnel, how successful do you think they can be? How successful do I think that can yeah. be? I think it can be very successful. Um, uh, just because the nature of how Andy Reid can, can build an offense, 
Patrick, you know, because a lot of those throws are going to be quicker throws, get the ball out of your hands, see it, read it. Patrick's so good at that stuff. Um, So, yeah, I I think those are things that are already built into their offense, things that they do already, um, and things that they could use, um, you know, to try to attack them and force them out of. You know, that's what you also want to do when you're playing against good defenses. You want to force them away from what they do really, really well. So if they're going to play that zone, chance to exploit them. Or you can force them into something else that they don't do as well, and then you try to take advantage of that. I wanted to ask you more, I mean, maybe just a general one, because we've seen two years now of Brock Purdy. What do you think of Brock Purdy, what he does well, what he doesn't do well, because he's one of the most, um, uh, creates the most discourse in <laughs> yes. the league, I think, about quarterbacks right yeah. now. Yes, he does. Um, I really like what Brock has done. You know, I think the unfortunate thing in, in our business is that we're trying to write a narrative for a guy instead of letting them write their own narrative, is that all Brock's done is played good football and won football games. Um, you know, his circumstances are his circumstances, just like everybody else's are. You, you know, you can't choose that. You just can go out and produce. And so I've loved what he's done. Uh, I think he's a really good quarterback. I think he does things that he doesn't get credit for um, because when you're more of a pocket passer and things have to be more right around you or you just make a throw and, you know, it's automatic that we go, oh, well, you know, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they can all make that throw too. So, man, they'd be even better with those guys. But there's a nature of how he throws the football, the, the touch, the anticipation, the ability to get balls up and down. Because the Kyle Shanahan system, to me, is not always conducive and making it easy for a quarterback. So he's made a lot of tough throws that I don't believe he gets credit for. But more importantly to me, it's like the guy's in his, you know, he's played for a year and a half. Can we let him just write? Absolutely not. No, we have I mean, to know everything no. right you know, now. Everything better like, right now. I mean, you go look at Tom Brady. He wasn't Tom Brady the first few years of his career. Look at Ben Roethlisberger. They weren't Hall of Famers the first few years of their career. And so that to me is where it's unfortunate is that we automatically want to compare him to these great athletic quarterbacks. And I think it's easy to see him and go, oh, he's not as talented as the other guys. Okay, no doubt he's not as talented physically as the other guys. But he does things really, really well and does some things that are better than some other guys. Um, And that's the reason he's in the Super Bowl and he's having success coupled with great talent around him. But uh, just he's going to get a chance to show us you got to win games with your right arm. you got to carry a team. Can you do that? That's when we get to write the narrative on Brock Purdy. We shouldn't be writing it after a year and a half where he's done everything he's supposed to do. He's only won football games, and now he's in the Super Bowl. And it doesn't seem like Kyle babies him with the play calling. He gives him the entire gamut of things. Yeah, well, I think their their offense is their offense. And the nature of how they play is the nature of how they play. And so um, I don't think they're a great – that scheme is a great drop-back scheme. So when a quarterback has to drop back and play, I believe that scheme can be really, really hard. And so those are things I take into account when I watch them play. Um, but I think Kyle's scheme is what it is. I don't, I don't think it's about – babying anybody or hey we're going to do what we do and if if you're going to play quarterback for us you've got to be able to handle what we're going to do um you know so so yeah i think brock has handled that stuff well and like i said even when it's been hard um he's made it look easy at times making certain throws over and over and over again that i don't believe he gets enough credit for because we just see the completion and go oh what's you know 15 yard completion everybody in the league can do that right and it's not really that simple right the Chiefs in the Mahomes era have set an extremely high bar for themselves to where this year was a yeah. down year. But I watched him on Christmas Day play the Raiders. Aiden O'Connell didn't complete a pass in the last three quarters of that game, and the Raiders still won that game. And I didn't think the Chiefs could win the Super Bowl from that yeah. point. I just, they just didn't look like the same team. 
have you seen anything that's changed? Like what's led to them playing much better in the postseason than what they showed us in the regular season? Well, I think the biggest thing is, is it's really just been about efficiency. You know, when we talked about the Chiefs offense all year, you know, we look at the drop passes and we, and we looked at the missed opportunities. And to me in the playoffs, they haven't really missed those opportunities. They haven't been great. I mean, it's not like they've scored 30 points a game that, you know, they're still in the in the low 20s. They're doing what they've done all year. The defense is carrying them for the most part. But I, I, I believe they've been timely in their offense uh, here in the playoffs. In other words, you know, the first two drives against Baltimore, boom, boom, they score. Now they scored three points the rest of the game, but but they start fast and they're efficient early and they put the pressure back on the other team to have to play against their defense as opposed to having to play catch-up to win these football games. And so I, I believe it's more about efficiency. I don't think a whole bunch has changed. I don't believe they've gotten more explosive. I don't believe it's the Chiefs that we've seen from years past. But more efficiency, keep the pressure on the other team, and then play into the hands of your defense. For a guy who played it at the extreme high level, what most impresses you about Patrick Mahomes? What, because he's, they say he plays the game like no one's ever played it. Uh, what, mo- what most impresses me about Patrick is that he can do everything, but that it still starts mentally inside the pocket. I think what we've come to think about the more athletic quarterbacks is that they win with athleticism first, and then the mental part of it becomes secondary. With Patrick, I believe it's just the opposite. He can do all the athletic things, and he's going to make special plays and special throws, and we, we get wowed by those things. But when you watch him play on a weekly basis, it's his ability to see the field, react, understand all the different elements, and play on schedule within the pocket. That, to me, is always what separated him from everybody else. And uh, I still believe that's where games are won and lost in the National Football League. You can make me three or four wow plays a game, but if you're going to plan on doing that every game to win, it's probably not going to happen no matter how talented you are. you got to win inside the pocket. you got to make the layups. you got to be able to see things. And Patrick does that as well as anybody. And then you add his physical gifts, which are as good as anybody we've ever seen. You couple those things together, and that's why you know he's going to be considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest, when it's all said and done. If there's one key or one matchup to this game that you're going to be paying attention to when you're calling it that's going to decide it, what do you think that's going to be? Um, I'll give you two. I mean, I, I believe it's San Francisco's run game against the Chiefs' defense. So it, I believe San Francisco going to have to run the football if they're going to win. But let's say they don't run it very well. Brock Purdy and company against this Chiefs secondary is one I'm watching. You know, the Chiefs secondary has been stingy all year long. Um, you know, Brock having his moment, those weapons, uh, who wins that battle um, if they're not able to win the line of scrimmage, I believe will dictate who wins this game. Um, I did want to ask you uh, also about the Raiders. How much did you get to watch Aiden O'Connell in his starts this year, and, and what did you yeah. think of his season? Uh, well, first of all, I watched every game. So I watched every snap that, that he took. Um, and I, I thought there was ups and downs. You know, I thought his preseason was great. Uh, I was really excited in the preseason with how he played and the, the way he saw the field. I thought once he became a starter, things moved a little bit too fast for him. Um, you know, he had moments, had some good throws, did some good things, um, but the game was really fast, and, and that's the next step for him is just to kind of relax, slow it down, not feel the pressure, um, 
and then just play football because you know what he did in the preseason and again preseasons much more basic much more vanilla we understand that but you saw the elements there in the preseason that excited you um it just didn't quite carry over enough to the to uh, to the regular season but again he's a rookie he's in a tough situation um you know with everything that was going on within the organization and so uh, i'm excited for his future uh, i want to see him play more football but uh, i think there's some talent there they hired Antonio Pierce, very exciting, entertaining guy. We're looking forward to covering him for that reason because yes. we have no idea on a daily basis what he might say. Yeah. Um, how much does that really matter to players, or is it you have to win the whole players' co- players yeah. coach kind of cliche? I, at the end of the day, it is about winning. It's about having a vision and us as players seeing that vision play out in front of us. Um, you know, I mean – I think we all like to have coaches that we like, you know, for whatever reason, you know, whether it's the energy, whether it's the, the, the personality of, of who they are, whether it's, you know, the knowledge that they bring. I mean, we all want to be around coaches that we really, really like. So I believe that is important. But at the end of the day, uh, that stuff all wears out. If, you know, you can be whatever and bring whatever energy you want. If you can't put us in position to win and you don't have this vision that's playing out in front of us so we can see it, um, you know, all of that stuff, you know, at the end of the day doesn't matter as much. Like, I can be buddies with coaches that I've had and I really like them, but sorry, I don't want you coaching me. I I need to find somebody that can help me be successful. And so, uh, you know, I think that's always the, you know, anything you get into, you know, boss, a leader, a coach. You want to be around good people, but right. we also have to have success if uh, if we're going to keep going down that path. Kurt Warner with us. Uh, what can you tell us about Bingo Blitz Big Game? All right, let's talk about it. Am, so, I, am I getting like certain events in the game on a bingo card? Uh, no, you, you are not getting okay. that. But you got a chance this? to win a million dollars. So here's the thing. is I don't know if you guys played bingo growing up. but we I got bingo all over uh, yeah, this town. Exactly. <laughs> I played bingo growing up. So there was nothing better than you when you got that last piece, yep. holding up the card, bingo! <laughs> and I kind of think of the Super Bowl as – you know, a way to get bingo moments. I had my bingo moment throwing a touchdown pass to win a Super Bowl. Unfortunately, I helped some other guys get their bingo moments in the Super Bowl (laughs) as well. Uh, So we're looking for some guys to have their bingo moment in the Super Bowl. But Bingo Blitz, free app. Uh, You know, go download it. Sign up for an account, all free. Enjoy some good bingo. And then during the Super Bowl, if one of these teams blitzes their way to a Super Bowl record, eight sacks, one of these defenses, two really good defenses, then one account winner is going to win a million dollars and have their own bingo moment. So uh, in the theme of Vegas, as you said, hey, we're going to have a bingo card. Go sign up for Bingo Blitz. And then maybe maybe we'll get a million million dollar winner, but when it's all said and done. So it's bingo blitz. Sign up, and if we get it, it's cheer for sacks the entire game. I know cheer that's the sacks. thing. You're, you're if I was if sacks. I was playing, yeah, if I was it. playing, I would not be doing this promotion. <laughs> I am not playing. Sorry, Brock. Sorry, Patrick. I, I, I'm hoping somebody gets that bingo one million dollars. Well, he is Kurt Warner. Kurt, uh, he'll be calling the game as well on Westwood One, which you can hear right here on ESPN Las Vegas. Thanks, Kurt. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate it. So there is Kurt Warner, uh, quarterback confidential. By the way, is the website i i think kurt warner is one of the best in terms of breaking down stuff and the the fred warner videos one of the more interesting ones i've seen about like he he sort of broke it down some but isolating him and and trying to basically bait him into all right i think they're throwing it here right and fred warner's really good at that and will pick you off if you make a mistake but hey you got patrick mahomes so play a little high risk high reward there so kurt was great he was awesome Uh, glad we got to talk to kurt i Kurt Warner is one of the guys that I really want to ask stuff like about Brock Purdy, where it's like, yeah. all right, what do you, what do you think about, about Brock, Brock Purdy? Purdy? Because like we know he's not as good as Mahomes, we got that, but like, how much of this is hey, 
Brock Purdy's actually really good or like, yeah, the Shanahan guy's pretty good too. Right. And makes Purdy uh, pretty good. So that was Kurt Warner. That was great. We are going to take a break here. We're going to come back to Radio Row. We're going to have the front page after the break. Traffic is